Hello dendrophiles. My name is Tonya Clark from Birmingham Tree People and today I'm talking to Deborah Needle from Birmingham Trees for Life about community tree planting. Hi Debbie, could you tell us a little bit about BTFL and what it does? Um, so Birmingham Trees for Life is um, a charity and it's part of the Birmingham Civic Society and their main aim is to get the community involved planting trees all over Birmingham on parks land. So they work in partnership with Birmingham City Council Parks Department and they've been doing that since 2006 when the project was started because of the big tree plant when everybody realised that it was important to plant trees. How many trees have you planted in those 14 years? So it's over 90,000 trees now. The planting season for this year was shortened a little bit and we didn't get every single whipping that we wanted to get into the ground because lockdown happened and we had to stop our planting. And also the winter was so wet to start off with. We had uh, flooding to contend with, but we still managed to, to carry on and get most of our trees in this year. That's fantastic. You mentioned whips. Um, so what kind of trees do you plant then? So we have sort of two sorts of plantings. Uh, we have woodland plantings where we work in partnership with the Woodland Trust and they provide us with what we call yeah, whips, which are sort of the the earliest tree, the, the thing that looks like a tree, that's the earliest stage that you can plant. So really, when you look at it, it just looks like a stick. And those are all native broadleaf trees. But we also do ornamental standard planting as well. So the larger trees that are put into more formal parks. And we'll plant uh, orchards as well. We've started orchards with a variety of fruit trees. So, yeah, it ten tends to be sort of 10 trees that are standards. And when we plant whips, we look to plant about a 1,000 whips to start a woodland area. That's a lot. So can you explain about how you actually go ahead and plant a tree? Yes, so it depends on which sort we're planting. If we're planting the standards, we can actually plant what are called heavy standards in some of the parts as well, which are quite large trees. And they're, they're about six seven years old when we plant them and they have a substantial root ball so they're quite heavy to move about and we're very lucky that we work with Birmingham City Council's woodland team and they will actually come out and prepare the holes for us and then we get the community out a lot of school children so we tend to have normally a whole class of school children if we can get them out so 30 school children at a time who then come and replace all of the soil back around the trees and make sure it's all pressed down. They do their little tree dance when they walk around the trees, making sure, uh, making sure the soil's nice and firm around them and the trees have got their roots nicely covered but not too deep. That's really important. But for woodland plantings, the community, including children, and we've had early years come out and plant with us as well, We'll use, uh, we've got very little, we've got tiny spades for the tiny ones, but they use a spade to cut a notch in the ground, basically. And they 
just push the uh, the whip, which is a say it looks like a looks really does look like a stick with some roots on the end of it, into the ground. Press the ground around it, uh, and your tree is planted. That sounds quite easy. It is easy once you've got the hang of it. Cutting through the ground when you're not planting trees can be a bit difficult. If we're planting into a really grassy area that's sort of thick with grass, we will get the woodland gang to mole plough, and that means they use the tractor to cut a slit in the ground because the hardest bit is actually cutting through. But it doesn't take us long to plant a thousand whips. Once you get the hang of it, it's quite an easy thing to do. Standard trees, again, I suppose we've got the easiest part. As I say, we're very lucky. Unless we do sometimes have groups of corporate groups out, such as Deutsche Bank, who can be very keen on digging the holes themselves. And when you dig a hole to plant a standard tree, you do realise what tree planting is all about. Because the Woodland Gang, they've got the technique which gives them the sort of uh, ability to to do it quite quickly and very well. When you're trying to dig a hole for a tree for the first time, you realise that that's a bit tougher. It's hard work, I know, because I've I've helped. And it's also hard work getting the stakes in the ground as well. Yes, so once the tree is in the ground and you've got the soil around it and it's all the right height and it's and it's pointing up in the right direction, nice and straight, you then normally, for most sites, we'll put three stakes around it. So those stakes have to be driven into the ground. And then we put some rubber or hessian strapping around the tree just to make sure that it's got some support until the roots can anchor the tree in the ground. It needs to move about a little bit. The wind rocking it actually helps to make it grow stronger but if it rocks it too much the roots never get a hold and i think it's also a good idea particularly in parks when um to have stakes because it stops the mowers getting too close to the tree doesn't it yeah i mean that can be a problem obviously because we dig a hole around it to start off with they shouldn't go too close but as the the grass grows back a bit then they can be tempted to get a bit close to it. On really ornamental sites where the grass is mown more frequently and kept on ornamental, we will put a ring of mulch that extends a bit further around the tree so that um, they're, they're not tempted to go too close. And in those ornamental settings, we may well choose varieties of tree that are actually more expensive as well. So we want to you know, protect our investment. Mowers and I suppose anything could, if it does damage on the on the bark, on the trunk, it can really affect the young tree, can't it? It, it can do it. The, because the, obviously the trunk is not, not, not that big at that point, it's about how much damage it actually does do. So, so an older tree, although you never want to damage the bark on a tree at all really it's obviously best not to it's the skin of the tree and it it protects it from disease but on a smaller younger tree the what would be a small chip out of a big tree is actually a large percentage of the the total um, bark on the outside so even a small amount of damage on a young tree can actually do it a lot of harm and and in the worst cases can actually uh, kill the tree. Um, It's so good to hear that you get um, children and um, 
people from the community to help with tree planting. Do you think it's important that children get involved in trees? I think it's very, I mean, the, the whole point of the project came from really the realisation that children and tree planting just seems to go together and is so beneficial for the for the future of the tree because if young people are involved in planting the trees they'll care for them they tell us that they're going to keep an eye out and let us know that they're going to tell their friends to help look after it if they see anybody damaging it or if they see it looking a bit ill they they let us know so it's really wonderful for the tree that people care about it and gives it a much better chance to get to maturity but for the children in a lot of cases we do plant a lot of trees in the real urban inner city parks and it can be the first time it's normally always the first time they've planted a tree but in some cases it can actually be the first time that the children have visited the park we plant in parks that are close to the schools and sometimes schools don't even know that the park is there we do tend to tuck our parks away down down uh, down around the back of places sometimes and just having that connection with nature and knowing that they've been part of something that obviously when we're talking about um, standard trees you, you could be if we do plant oak trees talking about hundreds of years of legacy that those children will have by planting those trees and being together and working together teachers often comment that children become completely different when they're in the outdoor environment planting trees and some children that are very quiet in school become the most active and vocal when they're outside. So it's beneficial all, way, all the way around for the children and the trees and the, and the adults that are involved because we do have you know, um, adult volunteers working with us when we're planting trees and they see that the joy that the children have and the children have a chance to talk to adults. They will have quite... Uh, involved environmental conversations about their concerns about trees and the world and climate change. So it is just a fantastic experience all around. So planting in parks has been the main thing. I mean, obviously, Birmingham has hundreds of parks, doesn't it? But I guess they're not all suitable for having more trees put in them, I guess. So have you run out of space in parks for planting trees? When you look at it, as you say, there are uh, over 500 parks in in Birmingham and there's lots of space that if trees were prioritised and we just wanted to fill the parks up with trees, we couldn't say that there's no space left. But parks are very complex things and they have to meet a lot of needs, ecological needs. So we need to make sure that there's a, a balance within parks for the wildlife that uses it, but also... Um, amenity use you know people enjoy well when once they're allowed to be outside more fully again over the years you know people have enjoyed um, sports and picnicking and playing having open aspects in a park is is important as well as having tree planting and some areas the, the ground isn't suitable or the trees that are already there the other plants that are growing there the surroundings mean that it might not be suitable to be heavily wooded. Um, so we have to take a lot of things into consideration and try and choose our trees 
for the best areas. And we also want to try and make sure that the benefits that the trees bring also get give the greatest benefit to the community around them. So there's a lot to think about and it can be difficult. You know, trees are a big responsibility. They're going to be there for a long time and we find the funding to be able to plant the trees but parks have to take on that asset of that tree and be able to care for it and, and manage it into the future. So we do have to weigh up all of that when we're looking for the spaces to put the trees in. So it's a lot more complicated, isn't it, than just um, seeing a, a bit of grass and thinking, yeah, I could stick 10 trees there. It is. I mean, some sometimes in in some parks, that is, that's exactly what we do and everyone's happy and... In the smaller parts, we will choose perhaps smaller ornamental trees such as cherry trees that have a lot of colour and blossom and they don't get too big, they're not too hard to manage and they they sort of add a lot of diversity to the site and joy to people. A lot of the time when we ask people what sort of trees they want, colour features prominently in, in their answer. So the smaller trees almost the garden trees that you would pick for your garden are the ones that we can fit into the smaller parks but it it is difficult and it there is a lot to think about as i say mostly because that tree is going to mature it's okay you put it in the ground you walk away and it's about 10 foot high but of course it's going to turn into this wonderful but giant asset that you're going to have the responsibility for looking after and as i say you know trees People love trees, but they also block the view, change the landscape. So we have we do have a lot to consider. But on the whole, when we engage with people and we talk to them and we talk about the benefits, everybody, you know, will do their best to find a space to, to put some trees in. If people wanted to get involved in tree planting, can they contact BTFL? We're always happy to talk to people. We only plant trees in the winter. But in the summer, there's lots of advice that we can give people. And there's lots of other jobs that you can do, even if it's just going out and identifying trees and getting to know your trees, then we encourage people to to do that. There's always something that you can do, even if it's just admiring a tree uh, all year through. Thank you so much, Debbie and the team, for giving us 90,000 extra trees to admire. If you'd like to speak to Debbie and the team, contact BTFL at www.btfl.org.uk or follow them on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. They're a fantastic organisation doing really good work in Birmingham. And now, the tree that I'm in love with today is the Hawthorn or May or Whitethorn or Quickthorn. It's an excellent hedge tree with its many thickety branches and thorned twigs which make it difficult to get through. There are 200 species of hawthorn but there are three native to the UK. Common hawthorn, Crotagus monogyna, Midland hawthorn, Crotagus lavigata and the Glastonbury hawthorn, Crotagus biflora. They are all in the Rosaceae family. Hawthorn is fast growing when young and can reach 14 metres tall and can live up to 300 years. Its trunk divides at the bottom as it ages. Its leaves are small, lobed and toothed at the tip. 
Halfway along the leaf, it cuts back to the midrib. The leaves are edible and can be used in salads or to make a tea. They are said to stabilise blood pressure. The tree supports over 300 species of wildlife, with many moth species using the hawthorn leaves as food for their caterpillars. The wood of the hawthorn is hard, tough and close-grained. There isn't much timber in a hawthorn, but the wood is used in cabinet making, carving and to make walking sticks. Its name Crataegus comes from the Greek kratos, meaning strength. One of the reasons I love the hawthorn is its smothering of small white flowers in May or June. The flowers are in clusters along the length of the branches. They have pink anthers and are usually sweetly scented. The Midland hawthorn has some cultivars with red flowers and double flowers. The Glastonbury hawthorn flowers in January and in the summer. Legend has it that this hawthorn is the rooted staff of St Joseph of Arimathea when he stuck it into the ground. The Scottish expression, ne'er castor clute till May is oot, means don't take your coat off until the hawthorn flowers. The flowered branches were used to decorate maypoles and in pagan and medieval rites to greet the start of summer. But the branches were never taken indoors as this was thought to invite death and peril into the home. This could be because part of the smell of the hawthorn is trimethylamine, which is the smell of decaying animal flesh. It was thought unlucky to cut down a hawthorn tree. Once the flowers are pollinated, they form red berries or haws. These fruits, when ripe, are sweet mealy flesh with a hard stone which contains the seeds. The stone protects the seeds when they are swallowed by birds who eat the haws throughout the winter. The haw is a droop and not a berry. The haws are rich in vitamin C and pectin and are used to make jelly. The hawthorn is most commonly seen in hedges and its name comes from the Anglo-Saxon, I don't know how to pronounce this, H-A-E-G-T-H-O-R-N, which means hedge thorn. There were mass plantings of hawthorn from 1604 with the first of the Enclosure Acts. The common land and open fields were enclosed by large estates and farmers and hawthorn was used to provide the boundaries. The tree will grow almost anywhere and is tolerant of dry or wet soils. In the 20th century, many of those hedged hawthorns were taken out to make larger fields for the massive farm machinery. In Celtic traditions, the hawthorn is seen as a doorway into the fairy underworld. You could wake up from a sleep under a hawthorn and be in a different world. I like the idea of a tree as the doorway, as who hasn't wished it was when confronted with that thick hedge disappearing over the horizon and the long walk to get round it to the other side.